They just shall live by faith. We're familiar with that, aren't we? We, quench, we put on the whole arm of God and we quench every fiery dart with a shield of what? Is that a familiar verse? So you quenching every fiery dart with what are you quenching these fiery darts? That shield of your confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen to James chapter 5 verse 15 and 16. James chapter 5 verse 15 says, But the prayer of faith... <laughs> Shall do what? The prayer of faith. That means the prayer where there is confidence in the sacrifice will save the sick. Can you imagine praying for the sick and you don't have confidence in the sacrifice? Isn't that absurd? And then verse 16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of who? The righteous man. But who is the righteous man? He came right out of the sacrifice. So then it means then that if you are going to pray the prayer of faith, you better be praying the sacrifice. You better be having confidence in the sacrifice. Does that make sense? Hello? Think on it. <laughs> All right. So let's look at a few verses. And let's, let's, let's see some of the implications of this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. How many of you know that verse? What does it say? Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Because they that come to God must believe that God is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Is that what it says? So, but it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, let's substitute that in there. And what would it say? Without confidence in the sacrifice, you cannot please God. But think about it. God so loved the world. God so loved you that while you were a sinner, he sent his son and died. And his son went through all that, uh, that horrible death, all that whipping, all that bruising, all that went into the very bowels of hell. He took the wrath of God. He went through all of that. And you expect that God, that you are going to have favor with God, and that somehow or the other, you're going to please God by disregarding what his son did. Don't make sense. Can you see that? How can you please God and not have and not honor and respect and believe and have confidence in what Jesus did in the sacrifice? So without confidence in the sacrifice, you can't please God. Amen? Now, here's another verse of scripture. The Bible says in, in um, Hebrews chapter 4, hmm, that's is good. Okay, I was going, yeah, let's go there first. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 17 says, Faith call those things that be not as though they were. Does it say that? Does it say faith call those things that be not as though they were? So here is someone, there is sickness in their body. What does faith do? Faith call those things that be not as though they were. Right? You know why? Because faith is confidence in the sacrifice. And the sacrifice says, regardless of what the doctor says, regardless of what the x-ray says, by his stripes you're healed. He bore the sickness. He carried the infirmity. By his stripes you're healed. So faith, which has confidence in the sacrifice, says and speaks from the sacrifice, and it speaks the word of the sacrifice, the word that is near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, the word of the sacrifice. And it declares, healed in the name of Jesus. So faith called those things that be not as though they are. 
And the, way, the reason why faith calls those things that be not as though they were is because faith is calling it as it is already done by the sacrifice. It's not like faith is playing some kind of game. Faith, faith sees. The Bible, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, read it from verse 1, I will sit upon my tower and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch until I can see what he says and what I will answer. What I will answer when, when, I, when I'm judged. What I, what I will answer, what I'm going to say. Amen? I'm going to watch until I can see what he says. Now, you see what happened is, faith sees what's already done. Faith sees what the word of God says. Faith sees it. You remember the story with, with Jeremiah? And when God said to Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I saw these almond trees, etc. And God says, you have well seen. And I will hasten my word to perform what? To perform what you see. Providing what you see is what he says. So faith sees. Faith looks not at the things that are seen. But what does it do? It looks but at the things that are not seen. What is it looking at? It's looking at what's done in the sacrifice. It's looking at it is finished. It is looking at the fact that he bore your sicknesses, carried your infirmities. It's looking at the fact that Jesus became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. It is looking at the fact that he hung up on that cross and he became a curse, that you might be redeemed from, the, from every curse of the law. He's looking at, so that when, when, when people are, when there's assaults coming against you, when there are weapons being formed against you, what does it see? It sees the fact that Jesus bore it all. And in him you have victory. The word of God and faith sees what is finished. Faith called those things that be not as though they are. That's because, the because of confidence in the sacrifice. Now as if that is not enough, look at this. Hear how important this is for you to see what is finished. For you to see what is done. Even when it doesn't look like it. But for you to see through the eyes, to see through God's eyes, see through Jesus' eyes, see through the word of God, see through the sacrifice. Why is it so important? Here is one of the reasons why. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence. Confidence in the sacrifice is the evidence for what's not yet seen. Okay, that's okay. But what about the first part? Faith is the substance. Which means what? Faith gives it. In other words, it's not seen. It's not in existence in the physical realm. Amen? But we need it to become, we need it to come into the physical realm so that we can taste and see. And so that we can experience the victory. Isn't that right? And faith is a victory. How does it bring it to this physical realm? Faith is the substance. Faith will give it the material. If it's new bone, whatever it is. But where is it? So, so faith is not only the evidence of what's not seen, but faith is also the substance of it, then it means that confidence in the sacrifice is not only the evidence, but it will give substance and bring into existence, bring into manifestation what is not seen. In other words, it is the very thing that will cause you to have manifestation. Amen? And how does faith work? Faith has to have a voice, does it not? Faith without works, the Bible says, is dead. If faith, faith doesn't have the corresponding action of speaking, then it's dead. Amen? So, faith has to have that voice. It says in Hebrews chapter, not Hebrews, Romans chapter 10 and verse 6. It says, the righteousness which is of faith speaks the right conduct of faith. The righteousness that comes out of faith speaks 
The oneness, this functioning in oneness, talking like God and believing right and having that authority. How does it operate? It speaks. What does it say? Jesus, come up. Jesus, come down. No, it doesn't say that. What does it say? It says the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. So in other words, it doesn't call Jesus to come up or come down. It says you righteous, act like it. Act like God. Speak to the mountain yourself. Talk to the storm yourself. Don't ask Jesus to come and do it. He's given you authority. Where does that authority come from? The sacrifice. So you see, there is a voice that comes out of that sacrifice. And it is the word of the sacrifice. Amen? There's another place where Paul told Timothy to be nourished up with the words of faith. Nourished up with the words of this confidence of the sacrifice. Amen? Hebrews chapter, chapter 10 to 10 some more. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know why? Because when you call on the name of the Lord, which is part of that sacrifice, you are evoking the sacrifice. And what happens? It is the power of God unto salvation. Amen? So, verse 14 says, about preaching. Uh, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of good news. How beautiful are those that are bringing the good news of the sacrifice of Christ. And then verse 17. Then it says, how are they going to hear without a preacher? And then it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Confidence in the sacrifice comes from hearing the word of the sacrifice. Who's going to bring that word? You do. Amen. We must not be ashamed because this is the power of God. You've got it. You've got it. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, here is a verse that I skipped that, but it's important. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 verse 16, it says that it is a faith that it might be by grace. It is confidence in the sacrifice so that it could be by grace. In other words then, it's basically then, the confidence in the sacrifice causes you to step right into grace. And remember, it is grace and the spirit of grace that gets the job done. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Zechariah 4.6 How shall this mountain be removed from Zerubbabel? From Zerubbabel. How? It is by grace. Grace, isn't that right? 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. How God had called you with a holy calling. Not according to your works. But according to his own purpose. And grace. Which was given in Christ. Before the world began. And it takes that grace. To bring fulfillment to what he has spoken. And to bring fulfillment to what he has purposed. And it's confidence in the sacrifice. That causes you to step into that grace. How important is it? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now it says in Galatians 3 verse 5, that the Holy Spirit performs miracles. But how does he do it? Does he do it by the works of the law? Or does he do it by the hearing of? So he has to hear what? Your confidence in the sacrifice. Amen? 
I'm just making one point. It's real simple. The point I'm making is faith is confidence in the sacrifice. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, stand fast in the faith. It means stand fast in the sacrifice. Second Corinthians 2 verse, um, Second Corinthians 1 verse 24 says, by faith you stand. By confidence in the sacrifice, that's how you stand. Having done all, stand therefore. How? By confidence in the sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7, as you have abounded in everything, see that you also abound in faith. See that you also abound in standing, in, 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 in confidence in the sacrifice. Now here's an interesting verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 says, examine yourself to see whether you are in faith or not. And if Christ is indeed in you, all right, you're born again, Christ is in you. But it also says, could you, could you have Christ in you and some or the other not standing in faith? Yes, you can. So Paul says, examine yourself. Check yourself out. Judge yourself. Are you in faith? Well, are you having confidence in the sacrifice? What are you facing? What are you dealing with? What are the challenges? Is there confidence in the sacrifice where that challenge is concerned? Examine yourself. Because it's by faith you stand. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.8, Have on the breastplate of faith. Protect all those inner organs. Protect your belief system. Protect all of those things. How? With that shield. With that breastplate of faith. That breastplate of confidence in the sacrifice. And in the last days, some shall depart from the confidence in the sacrifice. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do need to go a little bit here. Now, because of this sacrifice, that is the reason why we have verses like Colossians 1.20. Where it says that because of the blood of Jesus, the blood of his cross, everything, Jesus has purchased peace and everything has been reconciled because of the sacrifice. Everything. So we're dealing with a situation that it seems the way there's turmoil and, and everything is out of whack. We can declare the authority of the sacrifice over that thing, knowing that the price has been paid for everything in this matter to be reconciled. We are joint heirs with Christ and heirs of God and blessed with every spiritual blessing. Why? Because of the sacrifice. Because it's finished. Amen? And God is ordained, you got to take action, however. Remember how it says in Hebrews chapter 4? It says that the children of Israel, they didn't enter the promised land because they didn't mix the word that God has spoken with faith. And it says, let us fear, lest a promise be left us. We should come short. And it tells us that we are to mix the gospel with faith. That means you are to mix the sacrifice with faith. How do you do that? With your mouth. With your mouth. This is so critical. Say so with my mouth. With my mouth. I must get this across you as strongly as I can. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 says, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, we speak. According as it is written, we speak. Amen? According as it is written, we speak. Where is the power coming from? 
Is it coming from it is written or is it coming from the speaking of what's written? The speaking of what's written. Matthew 4 verse 4. Jesus says, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every written word of God. Is that what it says? No, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. What is the point? The life and the power. Man shall not live. He's not going to get his life from the written word, but he's going to get his life from every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. It is the word, the life is in the utterance. And God says, I'm going to make my word in your mouth like fire and like a hammer. It is alive, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. But that is talking about the uttered, the word that is uttered. Paul, say, Paul says, put on the whole arm of God and pray for me. That utterance might be given me. Why? Because the life and the power is in the utterance. The power is in the utterance. It is the preaching of the cross. It is the preaching of the sacrifice that is the power. The sacrifice must be mixed with faith. There are a number of scriptures um, in, 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 in the Bible, but in Romans chapter 4, verse 5, 4, verse 9, 4, verse 11, that basically says, faith being counted for righteousness. Think about this for a moment. Faith being counted for righteousness. In other words, when you're in this place of having confidence in the sacrifice, it's like in God accounting system, when you are in a place where you have confidence in the sacrifice, that's your faith, then God says, I'm going to credit it to you for righteousness. Because of your confidence in the sacrifice, you can now operate like me. You can now operate righteous. You can now talk like me. You can now operate in my authority. You can now operate like me, free from sin and condemnation and guilt and shame and any other such thing. But he says, but then if you take that and you twist it around, then it means if you do not have confidence in the sacrifice, it's not going to be credited to you as righteousness. And you can't operate like that. Are you with me? Right, that, is, that, is, that is huge. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. So let me give you a couple of quick examples and, let, and then let's, let, let's, let's finish this for now. Why is this speaking so important? God said in Titus 1 verse 3 that he will manifest his word through preaching. In other words, God says, I'm going to give you the experience of what I have said concerning you if you will say it. He says, I'll manifest my word. I'll give you the experience of it through preaching, through your saying. So, how do we put this together? How do, how do we apply this practically? This confidence in the sacrifice. How do I apply it in, in everyday situation? Well, I got a financial need. Do I just simply go to, John, to Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Yes, I can do that. But I can also, even, I can also recognize the curse that Jesus took, poverty being part of it. And I can recognize 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, and I can declare he became poor that I might be made rich. He did that in his own body. There's a sickness situation. Oh yeah, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I can do, we can do that. But isn't it more powerful when I can recognize according to Matthew 8 verse 17, he bore my sicknesses, it was in his own body. Why, isn't it, isn't it? Can I not sit right in my own little zone 
and recognize that my spirit is pregnant with divine health because of righteousness and because of this oneness. And therefore, the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead can now quicken my mortal body, pull that power out, and distribute it throughout my system. Amen? Can I not do that? Can I not believe a second Timothy chapter 1 verse 10? Because of Christ and this life inside of me as a result of the sacrifice. Part of that sacrifice is dead, burial, resurrection, ascension, his shed blood, and his life in me. His life in me, the Bible says, as that life is unveiled, light and immortality is brought to light through the gospel, through the sacrifice of Christ. Can you imagine me getting hold of the revelation that life and immunity from death is alive because of that sacrifice. And I'm living in that. I'm standing in that. I'm walking in that. That's my declaration. And God says, you said it, I'm going to perform it. Would that, is that a good pathway to live in divine health? How about divine health? Is it available? The law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus that makes you free from the law of sin and death, sickness and disease. Is it available? How is it available? Where does it come from? It comes from the sacrifice. Amen? This is where it comes from. Hallelujah. People conflict. How many of you have ever had people conflict? In fact, forget about the people conflict. Let's just deal with you. Right? How many of you have ever had to be... Have you ever been offended? Do you have a problem being offended? How about, um, you know, things happen and you want to react? Or you're affected by what people think and everything else? Can I give you a nice, easy solution to that? It's a, well, well, I shouldn't say... Let me give you an accurate solution. Easy, we can come to the easy part after. But the accurate solution to that is what? The very first aspect of the sacrifice. Not just what Jesus did, but what he did with you and him. You've been crucified. Could crucified people be offended? Do dead people react? Do dead people, are dead people affected by what somebody else do or say? No. And that's not even whether they are dead or alive. It's talking about you being dead. Now, how easy is it? That's a different story. Because it's called crucifixion. And somehow they had to, cruci to be crucified with him. Crucified, crucifixion is kind of, it's not a piece of cake, you know what I mean? But you can walk it out by his spirit. But then what about the conflicts with people? The conflicts, I mean, with, with other folks. Well, the Bible says, the Bible says that um, when one died for all, then we're all dead. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. So they're all being crucified. So that person that is an harassment, that is a, that is a nuisance, that is whatever, how about reckoning them dead indeed? And if they're dead, you're not affected. Amen? How about, but don't forget, it is the preaching of the cross. That is the power of God. In other words then, until you begin to declare it, you're not going to get the experience of it. Until you begin to declare, I'm crucified, you will continue to be offended. Until you begin to declare that they are crucified, you're going to continue to be affected by what they do and what they don't do. Until you declare that in the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus, I remit their sins, you will continue to have problems of being able to forgive and to release them and, not, and, and separate them from whatever the evil things that they may or may not have done. Are you with me? But what are we talking about? We're talking about application of this sacrifice. How? By faith, by speaking, by declaring. Hallelujah. So, 
What does this mean? It means then that we've got to become a little bit more aware. We got to awake to righteousness. We got to awake to this sacrifice. All the weapons of our warfare, all of the weapons of our warfare come right out of the sacrifice. The blood, the name of Jesus, the word of God, authority to bind and loosen, all come out of the sacrifice. The Bible says that God said in Ephesians 3 verse 10 that the church, it is God intended unto the principalities and powers, the wisdom of God will be declared by the church. Well, according to 1 um, Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24 and 25, the sacrifice, the word of the sacrifice is the wisdom of God. In other words, you're supposed to declare unto the principalities and powers, this is what the sacrifice has done. This is what the blood says. This is, what is, this is who I am. This is where I'm seated. And we've got to learn to speak from that place. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can somebody be loosened from all the tags and the labels that come from history? That comes from their experiences in the past? Can they be loosened from it? Yes. How? By the sacrifice. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 and verse 14, that by that one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So that you are no longer defined by people and by the experiences of life or race or gender or any other such thing. In Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, born nor free, male nor female. In Christ, there is no history. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You've got a completely, totally new identity. And it's all because of that sacrifice. You believe that and you apply that to your life, every other false labor will fall off of you. Every other voice that's trying to get your attention will be silenced. And the only voice that will matter is the voice of the shepherd. And the voice of a stranger, you will not follow. Why? Because of the reality of mixing faith with the sacrifice. Mixing faith with what Jesus has already, been, has already done. And that mixing of faith, confidence. Confidence in the sacrifice. Praise you, Lord. Lift up your hands. Father, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I receive this. I receive this. And Father, I'm asking you, remove every scale off of my eyes. Cause me to see clearly. Cause me to bite my teeth into the sacrifice of Christ. Just like Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have my life. Because my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. Say, Father, today I receive the sacrifice of Christ. I accept my part in the sacrifice of Christ. I have confidence in what Jesus has done. I was crucified with him. And that old nature. Has been buried with Christ. I am resurrected with Christ. And I now have his life. I am seated with Christ. At the father's right hand. And I am far above. Every principality and power. I am far above. Circumstances. I am not under the weather. I'm over it. I have the name of Jesus. And in that name, every knee bows. 
I make them bow. In that name, I tear down strongholds. And by the power of the blood, the word of God, the name of Jesus, everything within me submits to the truth, submits to the life of Christ. Father, I thank you that Jesus' life is now my life. And I've got many promises, precious promises, so that I can partake of the divine nature and draw out my salvation. Draw out my life. Draw out the healing, the deliverance, the freedom, the prosperity. Thank you, Father. I live by faith. I live by confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.